This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Welcome, everyone. This is Goldie's Closet, episode 229. I've got just an amazing guest for you. This is Rob Rush. He's a legendary uh, DJ, voice artist. He's the voice at many Mets games. I mean, it's just the biggest deal ever. Now, I have to tell you, I'm going to apologize. I have had three computers bag out at the same time, and I've just been in a frenzy trying to get them fixed. I was on a substitute computer for this podcast, and even though I had a fantastic microphone plugged in, guys, bros and babes, uh, I did not have, through StreamYard, the, um, the setting for, it was, it was still on internal microphone. Even now, you have to set the computer to record this voiceover in Final Cut Pro to yet another in- external microphone. It's, there's so many different settings and I've been using my other computer for years and I am just so sorry that the audio on this particular podcast is going to suck balls. Please just do your best to make do with my crappy audio. Of course, an audio guy that I'm interviewing in mind bags out. I apologize profusely, but please try to get some entertainment out of this and know how much I love and appreciate you. And thank you so much for watching this show. Without further ado, here is Mr. Rob Rush. Yay! It's like the Muppet Show. This is Rob Rush, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank everybody at Channel Attitude, Russo's brand. We bring in a lot of sports entertainment, but every once in a while, we are so blessed and so lucky to have somebody as legendary as Rob Rush to come on the show. Rob, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I'm that legendary, maybe in my own mind, but, you know, hey, I appreciate it. You know, (laughs) you are, and I've been looking and listening to a lot of your interviews over the last few days, and... You're you're a great guy, and and I want I want people listening and watching this to hear from from a decent looking broad that people that respect people's time, people that are kind, um, good people like a lot of a lot of chicks, a lot of people really like that. And I, I I've been listening to you, and you put over wrestling term. You put over so many artists. Like God, I was Gavin. I was listening to. You had um, Dave from Megadeth on. I mean, I didn't realize that you have all these shows that you do. Now, that's through your radio station that you're doing all these, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of them. Um, I did some kind of uh, podcast every once in a while with my buddy Mark uh, from Twisted Sister. Um, but I don't oh. know if would have been. Yeah. So we would have some people on from there. But predominantly, it's all through the radio station, which I, I run here in uh, New York. So... Well, yeah, please tell us what radio station that is. Uh, well, it's two. 94.3 The Sharks, probably more of what you've heard me on. Um, I run another one. It's a classic rock station called 103.1 Max FM. Uh, we have five stations in this group. So um, I'm on The Shark. It's funny because that's like, you know, Skid Row, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, Pearl Jam. And then there's an oldie station that I'm on, too. So some people that listen to me, they'll be like, I heard you go from Frankie Valley. How can you go from Frankie Valley to Five Finger Death Punch? I go, well, how you know? Because you listen. So how do you listen to all that stuff? And you know, 
then they kind of get like humming, 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 humming. So I don't listen to that. But yeah, so it's a man of many hats here. And that's what radio is, you know, many hats. It is many hats. And I, in some uh, respects, think it's one of the like old school entertainment. I don't know how I'd say it. Like back when I was a kid, you wanted mm-hmm. to be triple threat and you know who when i think of a triple threat and a lot of people don't realize this is like ed sheeran so you know ed sheeran didn't just freaking make it overnight like that kid was groomed since he was a small child and it wasn't just singing but it was acting and it was dancing and like the kid couldn't dance but like he was in a school i don't know if it was juilliard or what school it was for performing arts but it's like you had to really master your craft as far and as wide as it would go. It's and sure. I, I think a lot of people don't get that these days. Like you're really like, so you, you program, you, mm-hmm. you interview all kinds of artists and celebrity celebrities. You also announce for, what were you telling me about? Like you announced for different sports games. Like tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah. So um, I'm like one of the part-time um, public address announcers for the Mets, the New York Mets. And I got, been doing that now almost 20 years uh jeez. so i don't do every game was that i said geez yeah i don't do every game but i do enough uh when they need me i did a couple of games this year uh, i do some of the concerts at city field um so yeah that's kind of cool some people think that's actually cooler than being a dj on the radio station i guess because you know if you're a guy you know growing up as a little boy you want to be a baseball player and even you know women too they think that's sometimes is kind of cooler and being on the air, you know, the whole national pastime thing, I guess. So I've been fortunate with that. Yeah. I want to hear um, it. I want to hear, wanna hear it. I want to hear a promo. Oh, cool. Put me on the spot. Oh, I huh? hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. Let's go. Uh, well, I guess I would say, um, you don't really say that people go, you go now batting. I say, and I say, no, only if, uh, when you, the way I do it is when the first batter of the inning is coming up to the plate, I would say now batting. But then everything else is just their name and their number. So I guess I could do, what's your favorite number? 14. And if you were to play baseball, what would position would you be? I don't know. Shortstop. <laughs> All right. So I would say uh, if you were coming up, I would say the shortstop, number 14, Goldilocks, you know, something like that. With that much enthusiasm, Rod? Well, I mean, do a little bit more. I mean, yeah, I'm I on the spot here. I, people are going to pop for this. Come on. I know it's I would say, uh, all right, ladies, and I'll make it nice and poppy for you. I would say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the shortstop. Number 14, Goldilocks. So, Is there like reverb? What kind of effects do we have on here? I want to picture it. You, I put as much reverb as you want on there. As much reverb as you want. The funny thing is when I, when I used to do Shea Stadium, uh, there was a lot of reverb. And like I was not used to, A, you hear somebody, and you probably remember from when you were doing your stuff uh, wrestling in the background, you probably had somebody in your headset, right, telling you what to do. So as a radio guy, we don't. We're only used to hearing the music and us in the headset. So that was an adjustment to hear a director in my headset telling me when to go and some colorful words also being thrown in there as well when he was yelling at uh, the camera people. Um, but then uh, the reverb from the big speaker out in center field kind of messed with my head a little bit at Shea Stadium. When we got to City Field, it was much better. The first time that you announced or did anything at Shea Stadium, were you nervous at all? Were you just oh, such a girl? Yeah. Like, what... Take us back to when that was, because you said you've been doing it for like 20 years, so you're, you're a young yeah, so guy now. That was August of 04. Um, and yeah, I mean, I used to smoke uh, cigarettes. I stopped 13 years ago. But, Good. Um, Good. Yeah. Um, but I probably, 
and back in 2004, I think that you were allowed to smoke, but you had to be on the concourse. But I probably smoked like a half a pack of cigarettes within like a half hour, 45 minutes. I was that nervous. And, uh, you know, you see all these people that you grew up idolizing, walking around like it's nothing. Like Tom Seaver was walking around, kind of looked at me and said, hey, good luck tonight. And, you know, you don't think about anything like that. So that kind of made me even more nervous. I'm like, wow, if he's going to be here and I mess up, who else is going to be here? And that's the scary thing because when radio and, you know, I'm sure uh, some of the promos that you were going to cut, you can redo it if you mess up. When you're doing this, it's live. So, you know, you got to be on your game. And even if you flub up a word and everything, it's you're putting it out there. So I always tell people, especially when I'm like going for TV gigs and new shows and whatnot, that there's nothing educationally as challenging as live anything um live theater live tv live sports Mm -hmm. it's just there's a i don't know there's just a a very anxiety that comes with it sometimes sure yeah absolutely don't know what you're i never knew what i was talking about like i was just thrown and then i would think that i would know what i was talking about and i would study Mm -hmm. study in the bathroom and get all my stats down and then they would come in and because believe it or not some things in wrestling are fictional they would change (laughs) They would change it all, and I already had my numbers down in my head and the things I needed to have roll off my tongue, and it was it was terrifying. So yeah. you're a young dude. Like, how did you get that? How did that come about? Were you already on the air forever, and you had a relationship? Did you audition for something, Rob? Like, how does that happen? So uh, this year is actually going to be 25 years that I've been on professionally. Uh, I started in October of 98 at a station, WLIR, and when I was there – um, there was a guy uh, that was the production director. His name was Alex. And then he was one of the PA announcers for uh, the Mets. And he had called me up one night and said, hey, uh, are you in, uh, are you you know near uh, this place called the Dublin Pub, which was in New Hyde Park? And I said, yeah, I'm not that far. And he goes, well, if you want, my boss from the Mets is uh, here uh, and uh, he wants to meet you. And I don't know why. I just thought, OK. So I went in there and I saw him and. He goes, hey, uh, you know, uh, I really liked your voice, you know, when I heard you at, on WLIR and what you're doing now. Uh, and he says, uh, we're looking for a backup for uh, the public address announcer, you know, so do you want it? He goes, I know what you sound like. And and I was just like, do I want what? And he says, to be the backup. And I was like, as a lifelong Mets fan, I was like, am I going to like audition for you or nothing? And he says, uh, no, I know what you sound like. You know, you know how to read commercials and that's basically what you got to do. So that's how it went. Yeah. Vito, Vito Vidiello. That's the guy that hired me. Mm-hmm. Right place, right time. Things like that happen. It does. It's true. I mean, you know, and I always say it's corny, but, you know, some people, younger people ask me, you know, how to break into the business or I want to do this. I always say, A, a lot has changed now since I started, but B, it's like, you know, if you just put in a lot of hard work and determination, I mean, you know, it's it's corny and, and cheesy to say, but, you know, your dreams can come true. If you just got to put in the hard work and dedication to it. It's not just going to come to you, you know? No. And, and a lot of people think, you know, law of attraction and this and that, or I'll either hear mm-hmm. people just saying a bunch of stuff like that, or they'll say, Oh, that stuff doesn't, doesn't work. And I'm like, well, it's not going to work for you because you don't believe in anything. And, and you, it's good that you think of that, but the law of attraction doesn't just come because you hope it comes. Like you have to sure. like, you got to buy a ticket to, to win and you have to mm-hmm. be a good person and, and put in the, the equity. I was going to make another point about you. I was trying to remember what, oh, dang it, you were saying something really cool and it escaped me just about uh, 
not right place, right time. But my mom used to always say, like, you make your own luck. And then, oh, I know what I was going to tell you. So the band, which, of course, you know, the band Femme Fatale from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then now the lead singer, Lorraine Lewis, is with Vixen. I'm sure you play yes. with some of their stuff once in a while. Maybe even talk sure. to her. Um, she was on. Her, yeah. You should. You should have her on one of your talks, too. She's fantastic to talk to. Gracious and humble. Living your best life. Just an absolute delight to speak to. But uh, I was talking to her the other day. It was off the podcast. Once in a while, I check mm-hmm. in with her. And I was just like, Lorraine, 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 Lola. And she just was really wise and took a pregnant pause. And she said, you know, Goldie, waiting for motorcycles. <laughs> you know, Goldie, um, you, you never know who's talking about you. You never yeah. know who's talking about you right now. And it's like, there was like such a, not that she's old enough to be my mother. She's not at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But my mom was very, very wise, Rob. She had me when she was 45 and she always, rest her soul, had like one statement to say, like Lorraine just did that, like had so much comfort. And I thought, you know what? Maybe somebody is talking about me right now. But here's the thing. In order for people to talk about you, you have to get up off your ass and do something noteworthy of them talk about. And you can't just pretend it's going to happen or hope it's going to happen. You have Mm -hmm. to make it happen. So yeah. No, you yeah. did all again. They said we know what you sound like with all these commercials. Like, and I can see some DJs are probably like, oh, I gotta read this shit again. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, it led to gold. Well, you know, that's funny that you say that. Like, uh, a uh, to go back to what you're talking about, right place, right time. I remember the best piece of advice I got was from somebody that's not even in the industry. Uh, he was like a, a cop. Uh, high high level cop, and he lived next door um, to one of my best friends growing up. And, but his side gig was he was music. He played like in a band on the weekends. And I remember him saying to me um, when I told him I got the internship at this radio station that I wound up being on WLIR. Uh, he said, "You know what, Robbie? Goes the most important thing that you need to remember is you've heard the saying, it's who you know.'" And he goes, "Well, you need to get to know the people that you need to know." And like I never forgot that. And I was like, "Hmm, that's very true." And I stayed with that. And then, um, you know, everything happened like that, you know, from there. And then I forgot what I was about to say for the second part. But um, no, I'll come um, to you. Come yeah, to we were relating to uh, with getting on the air and uh, and stuff like that. You know, when I tell these young kids, that's how you have to really try to go about it is just get to know the people that you need to know. And nowadays there is just, well, it hurts and it hinders. There's so yeah. many more opportunities to just get her done and you're, your own you know living room or bedroom or office or whatever mm-hmm. you can get yourself a mic with a apparently it looks like a penis is what i've been told but you know <laughs> fight your fight well, i'm not prepared i'm using my 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 laptop microphone so you know oh it sounds great it sounds great and if you close your eyes ladies and gentlemen and you listen to rob speak he does sound a lot like alan alda you really do I don't know. I'm sure people have I've said that, that before. No, I mean, uh, but I, love a, I have a face for radio too. So if you close your eyes, it's probably better. Uh, <laughs> so. Don't say that. That's awful. <laughs> well, so back in the day, you're growing up. What were your yeah. interests and what pushed you into radio? Was it something that you always said, I want to be on the radio or was it a chance happening? Um, I wouldn't say I always wanted to be on the radio. I think I always wanted to be involved with music because I really love music. Uh, you know, I would play sports as a kid, but I wasn't the best at some sports. I was better at like football and uh, 
baseball, but uh, that didn't really, I didn't want to do that, you know, so I always would gravitate more towards music. And then uh, I guess I wanted to be like a rock star. I mean, I could play a little bit, but uh, when I got into college, I could play guitar. Uh, I used to sing in band. Uh huh. Yeah. So when I got into college, there was um, a, an advertisement for uh, the college radio station with this guy, Jim Douglas, who ironically I wound up working with years later. And uh, he, the station was WHPC. And it, the, the slogan was, uh, I started, I got my start at WHPC and so could you. So I went in and I auditioned and I was nervous and uh, I just kind of got it from there. Uh, and I, that was 1995. So um I've been doing it since then. And they actually inducted me into their Hall of Fame last year, me and another guy I work with. So I don't know if that's good or if that just means I'm old. But, was, it <laughs> you know. old? was it now who was the other person that got inducted or you're not allowed to say? Um, no, my buddy Sean Lynch. Yeah, he's uh, he's still working. In fact, I've been working with Sean. Like we joke that we've been working together longer than people have been married because we've been working together since 1996, you know, and we only maybe had a couple of years where we weren't working together. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we both got inducted into that Hall of Fame. Uh, and then um, there was a guy that lived around the corner from me uh, who was on CBS FM, uh, which is a big station here in New York. And he had a show called The Doo-Wop Shop, and his name was Don K. Reed. And uh, he gave me a lot of advice. You know, back in the day, uh, you wouldn't have you didn't have emails or anything. So I knew where he lived, but I knew even as a kid that would be a little ballsy to go bring, like, uh, the letter and leave it in his mailbox. So I wrote the letter to the radio station, and to his credit, he called like two or three times before he finally got me. And I never forget. He goes, uh, yeah, mom uh, answered the phone, said, you want to get into radio? I said, yeah. He goes, uh, here's my first, first piece of advice. Get out while you still can. And we'd always joke around about that. Uh, but sadly, he uh, passed away about a year ago. But we would always stay in touch. And uh, he was a legendary DJ here in New York. He hosted a thing on Sunday nights called the Doo-Wop Shop. So he gave me a lot of uh, advice. And uh, then just like I said, you know, I've just been very fortunate. Uh, some people had to move away. Uh, and then come back, and I was able to stay on Long Island and in New York my entire career. Your partner that you were just talking about that you were both inducted, what was his name, Sean, did you say? Sean Lynch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it always, did you guys always, you said 25 years, that's a long relationship. Have you guys always gotten along? Was it always pretty rosy, or is there any like any rocky roads with you two? Yeah, no, we've always got along. We've had a couple little fights here and there, but uh, yeah, no, nothing, uh, yeah. I would say it's probably one of the more uh, stable relationships, friend-wise, that I've ever had. Yeah, that's cool. No, it's always mm-hmm. good to. And he still works for me to this day. He's not here right now. He left about an hour ago, but he's still. Yeah, he's he's in fact he's uh he's on the station I program the Shark, uh, and he comes on after me at the at night at seven o'clock. There's something really special about that. Um, somebody that's been with you that long. There's so many inside jokes and so many mm-hmm. just memories and nostalgia and just. I, I, I cherish my relationships with people like that. In fact, we have a, a mutual friend, which is who's been on the um, podcast. That I'm bugging him to get on and talk about his book, but Pete Evick with, with sure. my first man, you know, it's just, there's so many inside jokes and so many things like that is the thing that I cherish the most about this business. It's not, I think we talked the other day when we were on the phone talking, just, it's not about all the, the hype, but I would rather be able to give that to supporters or I don't like that thing, yeah. but people know that, but supporters, they know what I'm talking about. Um, I'd like to give that, that joy to them. Like for me, that stuff, I've, I've been there and done that, but it's the relationships that, that mm-hmm. are the true gold in, in this business that we're in. 
And what was I going to ask you? You were saying something, and then I, I was like, I bookmark it in my mind. I should write it down, but I was. You know, what I wanted to ask you. So, I mean, maybe it's because I've been doing this for a while. But now, you said you were originally from Minnesota, right? Because I can hear a little bit in the voice, you know. Yes. Uh, it's just it's almost it almost sounds like you're from. It almost sounds like a Canadian accent. But no, then people probably, not Canadian. Quiet. People probably listening to me saying this guy's from New York over here now, you know. And Vietnam. <laughs> very hard. I try very hard not to have the typical New York accent, especially for what I do with uh, commercials and whatnot. If you wanted to do nationally, you can't have four forty four, you know, and stuff like that. You have a tiny bit on some words, but I'm assuming that when you're on air, you turn it off. No differently than when I'm doing something, I completely change my accent around to have nothing. Like on I, the air, it's different. Like you know, um, like here, like. Your, your people know what you sound like, you know, because yes. they're from Long Island. They're from New York. So yes. I kind of keep it um, more so. But when you're doing commercials and when you're doing announcing, I have to kind of yeah. curtail uh, the way, you know, I make it sound regional, as they say. Yes, you got to keep it. Well, you got to keep it pretty clean, too. I don't know. That's they always yeah. I did a lot of voiceovers, too, growing up, and they beat you up on that. They just want it really clean. I can lose yes. it when I need to, but I, I feel like I kind of honor, honor my hometown by that sometimes. And then. I just literally was on the phone with a friend back in Minnesota when right before I was setting up my mic and everything like that. And I said, I got to go. Who are you talking to? Rob Rush, you know. <laughs> Who are some of the memorable people that you've interviewed? And then especially with all of these, you know, sitting down with Rob Rush, like, and I don't like to talk a lot of shit. I try to keep things positive. But, like, who are a few people that, you know, really come to mind that, I don't know, left a really good impression or maybe you were pleasantly surprised at how cool they were to talk to? Or interact with. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, I guess um, you know we were talking about uh, Pete. You know, I, I grew up um, a big Poison fan. Um, you know, when we're about the same age, so growing up, you know, if you were into certain music, it was either, you know, uh, right before the grunge scene, it was the hair metal scene, uh, which was very popular. Uh, you know, top twenty, and you know, on Billboard charts, or it was like hip hop, or you know, freestyle, or. So I, you know, liked everything. But if you were into rock bands, it was like the hair bands before Nirvana came in. So uh, when I first met Brett and interviewed him, I thought it was very cool. You know, uh, he was very, I thought, very down to earth. Uh, He's a businessman. You know, real good at his, his craft. Yeah. And then through the years, you know, it's just made a good impression on me. And, uh, you know, so he was one of the, the first ones. Um, Andrew Dice Clay, you know, a lot of people look at him as uh, one certain way, but he's uh, that's a character. And when you get to actually talk to him, he's actually very cool and interesting. And he's got a lot of good stories. Very his boys are in a band called uh, Still Rebel. So he's very um, he's a big proponent of their career. And, you know, it's nice to see him as like, you know, a dad. He's very proud of them. Um, so I think a lot of people would think that would be uh, interesting. Um, and I just so many people, you know, Dave Mustaine was interesting. You mentioned him. Um I'm looking around oh, in my no, office. Dave I'm sorry. Dave Ellison. You, Ellison. Oh, Dave Ellison. Yeah, David. He was a very nice guy. Um, I'm trying to look at my office to see if I have any pictures of anybody that uh, is recent that I've talked to. Um, no, I mean oh, Brian Wilson sure. and the Beach Boys was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool to think. I, I interviewed him. I interviewed Mike Love, and I interviewed Al Jardine. So, like, if I hear a Beach Boys song, it's kind of funny to hear. You know, wow, I interviewed three out of five of those people. I got to ask Mike Love about the whole Charles Manson thing, too. He was on a documentary, and he just was basically like, yeah, my cousin, you know, kind of fell into Charles Manson's family for a while because that's the whole association with the Beach Boys. Yeah, it was kind of cool. 
amazing to be a fly on the wall with all of that. Like just some crazy, crazy stuff. Such a different time. Now it just seems as though, I, I guess things like that could still happen, couldn't they? But everything's just so micromanaged with social media. Like it, yeah, people yeah. Would be like, eh, that's sketchy. I think the more, yeah, well, in terms of getting closer to um, somebody in, in the spotlight, uh, with social media, it may seem like everybody's more accessible, but like I think you said, the truth is it's very more tight knit and surrounded. You know, I think it's saturated. I think a lot of things is like we were talking about, like if you wanted to get into radio, like if you want to get in anything, you know, yeah. people say, give me some advice on wrestling, literally what your buddy said, run, you know, like mm-hmm. don't get into it. But no, there's, it's just so overly said i get pooped sometimes and i just think like what am i even putting content out there's gonna be somebody that's prettier and younger and better and bigger boobs and this and that and they're gonna have more followers it's just like it just becomes exhausting sometimes to like catch up with this rat race called social media but you yeah. meet a lot of wonderful people that way and that's how you tell people to listen to your station or come to your shows or support your event or whatever but it, it does yeah. do, you ever, do you ever get exhausted with that all all of that or do you oh yeah all the time i mean you- uh now when we um when we go out to do events you know it used to be you would uh call in and do um you know uh if there was if it was a two-hour event it would be two breaks an hour two foreigners an hour uh now it's like when i get there i have to you know do that and then uh get the camera and uh you know do dopey things and you know we're here but not dopey but you know i have to film myself or I ask the crew to film me and then i have to go and i have to put it on it's like all the hashtags and stuff so it's it's worth it but it's just you know for me i'm like all right you know my fingers i'm like hashtag this and hashtag that um but it's it's a necessary evil you know nowadays you, you can't not have it no it, if it, i wasn't doing this would i have social media probably not yeah i don't know I, I get it. And I, when people say I'm not on social media, sometimes I just sigh and I think lucky you, but then again, like I said, there's so many wonderful people that are out there. Yeah. You've got to be respectful of Mr. Rush's time. And this has been like a, a cooler interview than I even like, thought it would be like your brilliant guy. Well, I got a couple of minutes. I'm good for a little okay, while. Good, good. No, I just was like, what are some things that, that we can promote and that you're looking forward to, or is there something that's coming up that maybe we don't know about or that, I missed on the website for for the station. It's something that you're proud of. We will talk before we wrap it up, though, about one of the passion projects that the station does with suicide prevention and mental health awareness. Yes. Um, that's mm-hmm. important, too. But what are some things that, that are coming up that you're promoting or that you're proud of? Uh, well, this week is uh, it's Shark Week, so we kind of mirror what the Discovery Channel does. We don't yes. necessarily, you know, uh, it's just we, it's, we have fun with it, and we get um, a bunch of our sponsors and uh, – clients to do some special deals for our listeners so um there's this one uh restaurant called uh, chitty's cheesesteaks where um they have cheesesteaks uh, so they're doing like a deal like nine dollars and 43 cents for a big size cheesesteak there's a restaurant uh, rosemary's pizzeria they have a shark pie which is like a bunch of different meats and cheeses so they have that for nine dollars and 43 cents we're giving somebody the chance to swim with the sharks at uh, this long island aquarium that we have out in riverhead so that's what we're doing this week um we have a bunch of shows at jones beach we have uh tailgates too 
uh, with them. So our friends from Chitty's, they come and they bring their big food truck and they serve uh, cheesesteaks to anybody that wants them, you know, first come, first serve. So that's going to be, uh, I'm looking at my calendar. This week on a Sunday, we're doing the Godsmack and Stain show. Then we have August 19th is Disturbed and um, Breaking Benjamin. And then August 30th is the Smashing Pumpkins. And then that would lead right into, in October, we're going to be talking about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's um, walk. And uh, that's at Jones Beach as well. And uh, we've been doing that now for, uh, I guess this will be the fourth year, 2020, we started. Born out of the pandemic, we realized that um, a lot of people, you know, during that time, were going through a lot because, I mean, it's kind of hard. You know, you think about it now and everything's back to normal, but the world was crazy for a while. Everything was shut down. And a lot of people that, you know, maybe were already, you know, kind of um, uh, depressed, you know, that kind of brought on more depression. So we figured that it was time to start talking about it, not being afraid. Because I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about mental health, especially in suicide uh, awareness. Uh, so we started doing that. We called it Hope Rocks. And uh, it was a broadcast. It was eight hours where we were raising funds for the AFSP. Um, and, uh, you know, we got a bunch of celebrities and a bunch of, uh, you know, even just regular listeners and people to come on and talk about, you know, mental health in a, an encouraging environment and not, you know, make it sound so negative and, you know, encourage people to say it's all right not to feel all right. So we've been doing that now and uh, we've got it starting up again uh, in October. We're going to promote their walk. So it's very important. I think now, and I'm not saying that we took credit for it, but I think we were at the ground of everybody's now kind of involved in it in terms of, you know, talking openly about mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And I think that's important. And I think more people are embracing it and, and realizing that, you know, it is something that should be addressed. It, it is. And it's, um, I'm on a podcast. I'll be out in a minute. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think I'm over here now. Don't come in. No. Everybody come, <laughs> on in. come on in. I think it's important that people understand that it's something that, okay. So Prince taught me this when I was all about myself and it was me on stage. And then they were like, you need to have like some background dancers. And I'm like, no, it's all about me and my little headset. He's like, well, somebody wants to like see somebody else and not just you or Mm -hmm. a different skin color or different background or whatever. And then, all right, have the dancers. And then the next thing was, okay, you need a band on stage and a DJ. And I was just getting so pissed, Rob, because I'm like, oh, this is going to take away from me. You know, I was like, young dipshit kid. And they're <laughs> not going to, they're not going to like, the limelight isn't going to be, but it was like, it was so important when he brought up, because he said, Goldie, you don't know, like in the circus, like, mm-hmm. who comes to you? like everybody's got somebody else that they resonate with. Resonate? Is that the word? Resonate. resonate yeah. yeah. Okay. Something like that. I, was, I roll the letters. Much like how I write cursive really sloppy because I don't know how to spell, but I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. They'll kind of know. People don't even know what cursive is anymore, but go ahead. Right? You do. Everybody should still know what that is. But I remember mm-hmm. him saying, like, you don't know, like, who somebody's going to connect with. I'll just change the words so I can pronounce it correctly. Another trick of mine. And when I hear a certain celebrity or somebody that I look up to, just even reference the fact that even though they look sunny online or even though they seem like on top of the world with their career, like there are days when they get down and it makes them human. And it might be somebody that either looks like me or I like the way they dress or I like the Mm -hmm. music that they create, but there's just something about that, that you can connect with. And then 
you don't feel so badly, you know, but you don't want to live in that either. I got, that's, it's a fine line. We were talking about that either. Like we all know that person that's just like Eeyore and living in depression and darkness. And it's like, I get it. We get down, but it's, it's your self responsibility, responsibility also to do your best to dig out of that. And, and that might be reaching out to a person, but then don't, don't shit all over that person and just be draining them like an emotional vampire either. Like you have to just, it's a fine line. So it's nice yeah. when you hear some other people um, talking about their struggles or what, what they've gone through so that you can identify with it and hear kind of like what they did to feel better. I, I have to, I share with people when I get, I get really down at night sometimes. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm up, up, up and blah, 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 all day. And then I get down and then, and I read some mean, you know, posts or comments or something, or you just kind of like, yeah. stare at you can't read that stuff. Yeah. You can't go look into that. Well, it's, stuff. it's hard. It's hard when you're getting booking mm-hmm. things like that. And like, yeah, paying somebody to help you and then they're off the clock and it's like oh shit i better go see if there's anything oh what did i see that for so it's tough but you have you have some responsibility to to dig out of that and it's nice when you hear how other people do it but i have to just yell at myself and say get up off your ass right now goldie and get up physically wave your hands around and go outside go to the grocery store go to the gym go do something and then what i find helps me rob is no matter how shitty I feel, if I compliment somebody else or if I find something good to say to them, a stranger, like just find something like, yeah, you look good. Or, I like those shoes or great hair or just, and you see like another human being's sincere smile and you see them yeah. being made feel better. That makes me feel better. So, and it's the same thing goes with like when you're crappy to somebody, like you're lashing out at somebody like when people lash out at me, I know like, Oh God, that person needs a hug. Like I don't even get mad anymore. Yeah. Yeah, That takes, that takes, um, that takes, um, I guess maturity to realize that, that, you know, if you think somebody's being, why is that person acting that way towards me? Well, nine times out of 10, it's not you. It's like you said, the way that they're feeling. Oh, and they're probably having a horrible day. And and sometimes I give a person like that a hug I'm like, do you need a hug? It seems like you do. Like they can't mm-hmm. believe that, but like that's worked a couple of times. But I think bringing attention to mental health, to suicide prevention, is such an important thing. But like I said, there has to be a fine line. We all know those people that are just like waving their flag, and it's like, all right, we hear you. We're going to give you some advice. But now, in order to get better, you have to take the advice and you have to try to implement it in your life. So. I, I give people tough love on that sometimes too. And then, I mean, I'm just being brutally honest. Sometimes there's some people that you need to kind of step back from because they do drain you too much and you have to put your own oxygen mask on and just protect yourself too. Because I just said, I get down sometimes at night and find myself in a vulnerable position. So I go out and I try to help other people, but if they're going to turn around and just suck me dry, then, then I have to just like, you know, not ghost them, but I have to put, it's all about healthy boundaries, I guess. Boundaries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, healthy boundaries. Well, I'm just so proud that you're doing things with that. What else can we close this on? That's coming up that that's exciting. Shark what week, else is yeah. coming up? Yes. Well, Shark week. We got that. Um, what can we do for you? Can we go follow something? Can we go like some content? Can we stream? Sure. Your what would help you? Uh, well, 
One, well, yeah, 943thesharp.com, uh, 943thesharp.com is the station that I'm on Monday through Friday. Um, and that's, you know, one of, it's, you know, if you like, I like to pride ourselves and say that we're not, we don't play the same thing every day. Like, I think probably you're guaranteed to hear at least like maybe up to like eight to 10 songs a day that you never hear on any other station. So that's a cool thing, especially for this area. Um, you can follow us. It's at 94.3 The Shark on Facebook, on Instagram. If you want to follow me, it's at Rob underscore Rush on Instagram or just Rob Rush on Facebook. Uh, I'm not on threads yet. I'm not on, I, I go on Twitter every once in a while, but that's, What's uh, I, I'm, it's some new thing now everybody's talking about. I don't know what it is, but I'm not on it. Yeah, it's only Instagram and Facebook for me at okay. Rob underscore Rush on Instagram and Rob Rush on Facebook and the station's uh, at 943 The Shark on both Facebook and Instagram. Rob, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and just hear your story. I really appreciate it. You're such an intelligent guy and not just it's all a favor. farce. It's all a farce. It's all a farce. I got a script right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, this is 229 Gold This Closet. Uh, Russo's brand on the uh, not so all new, but I keep saying all new channel attitude. We're over from another another network, but we want to thank everybody for taking time on your Thursday or whenever you got a chance to listen and download this. Thanks for thanks. I always say thanks for giving a shit. We appreciate you and just uh, stay golden, stay safe out there, be free, but always stay golden. Then we clap at the end like the Muppet Show. Yay! <laughs> thanks everybody. What's up, everyone? It's Goldie Impact Wrestling, TLC's Cheapskates, Ted Nugent's Running Wild from him somewhere in the woods, and maybe you've seen our band, Goldilocks Band. We're out there. We're on tour, but now we're connecting on Cameo. So I want to tell you that I'm here to be your humble servant, and that's whatever you need said for you, for a friend, a shout-out, a golden shout-out, you name it, here and on it. Now, just reminding you, keep it classy, keep it cool, and keep it above the belt. But I want to offer you something a little bit uh, a little bit different. Just remember, if I'm not on the road and I've got access to these next beauties, we can always have... We want to make this the most amazing experience for you ever because you deserve it, your friends deserve it, your loved ones deserve it. And just remember... I can sing you a few lines of a song. It can be from from anywhere, like uh, it can be from somewhere over the rainbow, or it could be near, far, wherever you are. It could even be. Oh, and keep in mind, not all requests are the same. Maybe your motivation comes with a harder edge. Maybe you need a more jagged little pill. There's nothing that I love more than playing the heel. So if you need your message delivered with more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intention? Please specify. Can't wait to connect with you on Cameo. Thanks so much for being here. Stay golden.